Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Hello, this is Siri, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Not Real Art. I live for this shit because it's totally lit. Welcome to Not Real Art, series favorite art and culture podcast with your boy, Man One. And sitting across from me is Sourdough. So I have a confession. Yeah? I went to Burning Man. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Let's hear it. You don't care. I don't care. I'm so over it. (laughs) I'm so over it. Over it, period, or just over me wanting to talk about it? Both. (laughs) (laughs) Fair point. How much have we talked about it on this podcast? We did a pre-Burning Man. All right, right. So this is the post. Yes. Okay. So when we talked about it before, it was about really my expectation of it because I'd been, you know, orbiting the opportunity for years. Right, right. So I had all these preconceived ideas, you know? And so I thought it would be interesting to do a podcast, yeah. you know, prior to going, take love, you know, be on the record about what I thought I was about to see and do. And right. now post Burning Man, you know, what what was the reality? Right. Right. Well, at least our, our listeners are going to or they missed the Burning Man high you had when you got back. The Burning Man High. Yeah, because now now it's a little bit more cere- cerebral, I believe. Well, look, here's the thing about Burning Man that kind of what you're getting at is at its core, it's a camping experience. Yeah. Right? It's a camping experience. Okay. And when I, I can only speak for myself, but when I spend several days in a row outside, yeah, I come back generally feeling high. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I get that. Especially when the weather's good. Right. And the weather was great. Last year, apparently, Burning Man, the weather was horrendous because it was super hot. It was like mm. 110, 115. Yeah. This year was, I think, anywhere from 80 to 95. Yeah. So the weather was good. Yeah. And I was basically camping for a week, which yeah. camping for me is one of my favorite things to do. But, you know, it's one thing to hear about something and and and, and think about something. It's another thing to do something. Sure. And I think that most of my expectations were pretty realistic, mm-hmm. right? But I was wrong about a couple of very big things. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, because if you remember, I was sort of on my soapbox about can't fucking believe I'm spending all this time, energy, and money to go in the middle of nowhere with 60,000 other people. Right. Because historically, for me, if I'm I love to camp, but I love to camp alone. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I'm spending that much time, energy, and money, I don't want to see anybody. Right. 
And here I am going to be with 50, 60,000 other people that I don't know. And that doesn't sound fun. Right. That's the point that I missed that was totally wrong because it is all about the people. Mm-hmm. It's not about, it's not even about the art. Right. It's about the people because there is nothing without the people. Right. Right. There, you know, 56, well, this year, 70,000 people show up in this desert, in this, in this ancient, the dried up bed of an ancient lake, show up and build what they call a city, Black Rock City. Yeah. To exist for seven days. And the economy is a barter economy. The only thing you can buy there is ice. You can't spend money on anything else. Mm-hmm. So the whole culture, the economy, everything is about the people. So that's the thing I didn't really get or appreciate. So the question gets to like, well, do you like the people? Right. You know, what did you know? What was your experience uh, like vis-a-vis the people? Yeah. And so, you know, it's funny because, I mean, you know me long enough to know that, you know, you won't be surprised to hear me say that, of course, as I'm there, I'm trying to understand it. You know, sure. I'm trying to to analyze it and I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to break it down because what annoys me, right, yeah. is when people go, oh, it's beyond words. You can't, right. you can't understand. Like, you just got to go. Like, right. I can't. It's just, you know, it's like, fuck you. I guess if you're 25. Right. Yeah, of course. It, you might feel that way. But yeah. I'm I'm 48. Yeah. Okay. Takes a lot to change my life at this point. <laughs> okay. A lot. Yeah. A lot. 25 doesn't take so much to change your life. Right. You know? So I spent a lot of time trying to understand and put into words so that I could explain to people what it's like. Because you see the photo. That's the other thing too, right? It, the the photos are out there. People could see the photos and the whole thing. And and the photos at the end of the day, right, are one dimensional kind of representation. Sure you know, of what it is. And so I've explained, so I was able to kind of explain it a couple different ways, right? So first of all, if burning, if, if P.T. Barnum, Salvador Dali, and Pink Floyd yeah. could have a love child in the desert, yeah. it might be Burning Man. <laughs> okay. Okay. Those are the basic ingredients. Like if you yeah. took the DNA of P.T. Barnum, the DNA of of Salvador Dali and the DNA of Pink Floyd, put it in a fucking test tube, mix it up, grew the baby. It'd probably be Burning Man, right? So that's sets the <laughs> stage, right? Like that really, I think, does a good. And I've actually said that to several burners, people who have been there and going for years, yeah. and they actually are like, "That's pretty. That's pretty good." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see that. Okay. The other thing I say about Burning Man is that if you like camping in potentially extreme environments, you might like Burning Man. If you like art, you might like Burning Man. Mm-hmm. If you like music, particularly electronic dance music, EDM, <laughs> you might like Burning Man. Yeah. If you like cosplay, costume play, yeah. you might like Burning Man. If you like being greeted with a hug by a stranger whom you've never met before, you might like Burning Man. And lastly, if you like white people, <laughs> you might like Burning Man. Now, here's the catch. Yeah. If you don't like any of those things, any one of those things, you're probably not going to like Burning Man and you might be a racist. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
<laughs> but oh, those are the various aspects yeah. that I really took away. And uh, and I looked at some of the numbers, right? Yes, yeah. it is 70% Caucasian. Yeah. And, you know, the balance is whatever. Yeah. Very international. Ran into a ton of people outside of the continental U.S. All over the you world. You know, South yeah. America, Europe, Asia. And, you know, so that was interesting yeah. to see. And it is very challenging to get in and out of there. Right. Right. If I'm the, uh, and that's, it's the rite of passage, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, oh, they're, you know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Right. But it's not. The, but if I'm the founders and the and the leaders and organizers of this event, I would be very concerned about a couple of things. One is the lack of diversity. I would be f- trying to figure out how to balance the mix of of people that go. Just because. I mean, why the fuck not? You know what I mean? It's it's a cool, creative, fun experience that I think any creative, cerebral person would appreciate in spite of their ethnic uh, background or whatever, right? And then the other thing I would um, worry about if I was a leader and try to address is this perception that it's all rich white people, right? Because what I saw doesn't align with that. I would say that a solid 50% of people were dare I say, working middle class who probably save their money all year to go do this one trip. You know, they pack up the RV. Yeah. They pack up the scooter and the kids or whatever, and they go, and this is their big trip for the year. Right. You know? And by the way, there is a whole section for families with kids, right? Yeah, that bugged me out. Yeah, it's like wild, right? It's like, it's literally called Kidsville. Hmm. By the way- my six-year-old daughter would love Burning Man because it, it is made for a kid. It is made the, the, the level of kind of fantasy and imagination yeah. and creativity is perfect for kids and adults on drugs, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So, so if I'm the, the founders and leaders, I would, I would try to address the diversity issue and I would try to address the perception that it's a bunch of rich white people. Of course, there are rich white people there. You see them coming in on their fucking helicopters, you know. Mm-hmm. But that is what I think is the makeup of the Black Rock City is not too dissimilar from the makeup of this country because, like, the one percent is there, but it's one percent. Yeah, you know, right? The majority are there on limited means. They've saved their pennies and they're there because they want to be there. They go every year. They are passionate, you know, about yeah. it. You know, people have asked me, well, like, what was it like? And I, I sort of quickly say, it's stupid. Right. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. And it's ludicrous in the best ways. And that's why people go. Because it is, yeah, the fact that anybody would put so much time and energy into something so ephemeral is actually kind of mind blowing. And, you know, how they do it, why they do it, I guess those are all personal situations. But if you weren't there, you didn't see it. And that's kind of what's amazing. So, like, let me give you an example. So, one night we were riding our bikes. And uh, I have to say, for me personally, one of the highlights of going was riding my bike in the middle of the night across the playa. It just 
feels otherworldly. Like, you know, you're, the stars are out, the moon's out, you're out there on that desert floor riding a bike and with no one around. Yeah. And you can see the lights in the distance, you know, because you have to light your bikes. Everyone's right. bike, you know, you know, crash. But it it has a very sort of Tron-like video game-like right. kind of experience, you know, yeah. affect. But just riding your bike out there, for me anyway, was just very, very pleasant, very, very satisfying, you know? Yeah. So we're riding our bikes one night and somebody says, what's that? And they look up mm-hmm. and it's, there's this swarming, amorphous, shape-shifting blob of color in the air. UFOs. Right. You're like, what the hell is that? Well, of course, you know, 10 seconds later, you're like, gotta be drones, you know? And so for 10 minutes, seriously, 10 minutes, we watch this dance of drones in the sky, shape-shifting, choreographed, whatever. And then about 10 minutes in, they are then swarming together and then land in their nest. I found out later that it was 600 drones that we had seen. Yeah. I also found out later that that same artist added 200 drones every night so that by the end (laughs) of the week, there were 1,400 drones. Jesus. This guy. Flying in the sky. And he like apparently only did it once or twice a night. So if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. If you weren't there, you did. And we could have easily have missed it. Right. But we just saw it. You just happened to see it like, holy shit. And to me, that was still absolutely one of the highlights of, you know. (laughs) So it is, look, and I mean what I say. If you don't like camping, you're probably not going to like it. If you don't like art or music and that, you're probably not going to like it. As a creative person, I feel like any creative person who you know, is thoughtful about their art or their creativity is going to get something out of it Mm -hmm. and appreciate it for what it is. Is it going to change your life? And is it going to, you know, are you going to want to go back again and again? That's a personal thing. You know, for me, you know, will I go back? Yes. Will I go back every year? No. Did it change my life? No, but I'm 48. Takes a lot more to change my life than, you know, if I was 25, I probably would be like, right. Oh yeah, life changing. You know, so yeah, so I mean, you know, it was uh, it, it was worth the effort, right? Well, I had no intentions or desire to ever go, but I think you might have convinced me. Seriously, why? I want to sell ice. <laughs> Seventy thousand people to sell ice to. Oh my god, it sounds amazing. Well, you know, of course, like in any <laughs> capitalistic society, they have cornered the market. There's a monopoly on the ice; you can't break in. Oh, I know. Like it's, you have to it's run by white people. There's I the know. Arctic zone, right? White that's people right. own that's, the that's ice. Right. That's right. That's right. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and the MCs have the other ice. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it was crazy. I mean, look, I got to go in kind of the best way, in that I went in with a friend who'd been going sure. many times. We stayed. My camp was Camp Corny. My friend, who you know, also Paul Anthony, has been yeah. going for several years. He started building this camp. Uh, it was a good good way to go because I didn't have to worry about too much, you know, right. sort of show up, bring my gear, do what I got to do, but just follow the leader, really. You know, now the thing about it is, is that everybody pitches in, you know, you, you can't just go and do nothing. You, you know, it is a, you have to work, you have to contribute, you have to give, you have to support the camp that we're in, Camp Corny. It's a big camp. I mean, two 40-foot containers of gear show up right. on a s- semi, 
you know, that get dropped into place. It was quite interesting. So you want to sell ice <laughs> at Burning Man. What else is there to sell? Nothing else. You know? Well, you have to barter. What would you barter? So let me break it down because I mean, like each camp right. is a theme, you know, some camps have a theme of meditation and you go there to meditate, right. for example. Some camps have a theme for breakfast or serving breakfast. Right. Some camps are like our camp, which is like a dance club. It's a day club from like two to six. Some camps you go, one, there was a camp you could go get your hair washed. Like that's what they did. That was their gift. You'd go there, you'd like get your hair washed. Yeah. So the question is like, what do you, you know, what was your gift? Now, personally, I was expecting a lot more pagan orgies and free sex. Yeah. Really disappointing right. in that capacity. Right. You know, it's there. Yeah. You got to go, you know, got to go find it. Right. But guess what? A single male is not getting into the orgy dome. No. No. You, you got to bring someone to play with at the, you know. You got to bring something to barter. Barter, that's right. Got to pimp out. Got to <laughs> pimp out your friends. Pimps and hoes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you'd have to come up with your with a theme. Yeah. For your camp. Yeah. That's why I wouldn't go. <laughs> it's too much man too much to think about yeah yeah well that's the thing like that's why it's great for you know young people or rich people yeah because they can you know they have the time and, and or the money to to right. make it happen you know? right but again i go back to you know a majority of the people that i saw i think were like you know middle class yeah saving their money to go because that's their that's their jam. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what they want to do. Everything you just described to me, mm -hmm. if I closed my eyes mm -hmm. um and you didn't tell me where it was at, mm -hmm. I might have said like Disney World. Yeah. Except for the orgy dome. It's there. Just gotta find it. <laughs> Just gotta find it. Right. Walt <laughs> Walt built in an orgy dome at Disneyland that's the Epcot Center, that's what it used to be. All right. I mean, I get it. I, I think it is the experience, like everything else, mm. you know, like no matter how good something is, whether it's art related or some kind of trip or whatever, it is about the people. That's what makes it, you yeah. know, anything. Right. And so, yeah, it's if, if you're open to the experience and that's what you want to do, awesome, you know, but, you know, people want to do different things. You know, it just doesn't sound appealing to me. It doesn't right. sound like. Like that's something I want to do. I mean, I I love traveling. I I love going to the outdoors. I obviously love art, but it just doesn't seem like the experience that I want to do. Didn't you say though that one of your homegirls goes and loves it? Oh yeah, no, no. I, I I've discovered this this year that there's some people that I know who love it. Mm -hmm. What do they love about it? I think it's like the free nature of it. Mm -hmm. This chick's like all of a sudden like posting her quote-unquote art on Instagram mm -hmm. where she's like fucking naked in the middle of the forest type of shit now. Right. And that wasn't her art before, like, you know, years ago. <laughs> right. And now all of a sudden she's on this whole thing, like nature. And and that's probably, that's probably part of the reason why I wouldn't want to go because I see where some of these people take it and what they're doing with it. And that's good for them, but... It's very hippie-ish mm. is kind of what I feel. And the friends that I know that that dig it, mm -hmm. like that's the part about those people that I don't like is they're, 
is there hippieishness? <laughs> okay, so let's drill down on that. What is it about hippieishness? Yeah. Or yeah, is it hippieishness? Yeah, I guess that I you know. that that rubs you the wrong way. What is it about hippies that you don't like? Right. So I think it's about this, like, oh, you know, love, freedom, and my body, and and I'm one with, one with nature, and all that shit. And when they're a woman, being like that, then they take it to the next level of you know this. This is the ultra feminism and, and like, you have to be down with that to be woke. <laughs> and like, it's like, you know, come on, you know, like you're taking it too far there. And then you see other aspects of their life and they're all fucked up. Right. Or other parts of their life. And maybe they're not fucked up, but it doesn't jive. And you're just like, it feels like a bullshit Interesting. Thing. So the, so the disconnect and the hypocrisy. It's uh, like a weekend warrior thing. For right. a lot of these people that I know. Right. That's kind of what it feels like. Because they're not really living that style. Right. They're just doing it for Burning Man. They do it once a year. And so that's their weekend warrior. And and they do it one, once a year. And, yeah. and that's cool. I mean, I'm not trying to hate on them. If they want to do it, right. that's fine. But... Right. Well, that okay. So that was the thing. That was another thing, right? That, you know, this idea that, you know, I go there and I'm somebody different. Or yeah. I can be someone else or i can you know sure. yeah and i guess that's great for certain people or whatever if that's what you need to do or whatever but a couple couple things one is nobody gives a fuck who you are or what you do at burning man yeah really yeah that's why you can be probably a rich entrepreneur yeah and you like to go because no one cares right you know or you can be it just, it doesn't matter. Status just is irrelevant. There's a different hierarchy there on some level. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, for myself, I was exactly who I am there. Mm -hmm. The difference for me was that I didn't have to worry about the kids. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about, right. you know, the right. wife. I didn't have to worry yeah. about work. Right. Like, I truly was free yeah. from responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't that I was free to be someone else. Right. I was free to be free. Right. And have fun. Right. Free to have fun with no responsibilities. Exactly. That was nice. Yeah. No yeah. cell service, you know. Right. Totally unplugged. That was, the, I appreciated that, you know. But I did nothing there that I wouldn't have done here. Mm-hmm. I did wear a tutu on Tuesday. Oh, it was go. tutu Tuesday. <laughs> I won't wear a tutu here. It is not tutu Tuesday on Tuesday. Hippie. So absolutely <laughs> embrace the cosplay part of it. Yeah. You know, but I'm down to play here. You know what I mean? Right. Given the situation, you know? Yeah. But that's what I appreciate. I appreciated the the, the lack of responsibility, the right. lack of, you know, the, the, the enhanced freedom to just have fun. But I, I mean, one night, I mean, because I got there on a Friday morning to help set up camp. It opened Sunday at noon. I left on Wednesday for my daughter's birthday on Thursday. Okay. Mm -hmm. I went out late on Monday, Sunday night. I'm sorry. I'm on uh, Sunday night and Monday night. Tuesday night, I laid low. I was, I mean, I think I got like, you know, 10 hours of sleep. Yeah. Because I didn't want to go home like tired and haggard <laughs> and, you know. All right. Right. Again, 48 years old, you know, you you, yeah. you manage, you know, your energy differently That's or right. whatever, right? 
it feels like there's so much happened since I yeah. went to Burning Man. Right. You know, I, you know, would have loved to have discussed this like the day after I got back because it would have been more vivid <laughs> and more vibrant. I'd probably been more, you know, uh, inter- entertaining about it. I would have had that post Burning Man high. I think, you know, in terms of this show and talking about it and not real art, I mean, it absolutely is spot on for not real art. I mean, it is right. absolutely <laughs> not real art right. material. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I fully believe that for any creative person, any artist should go once, should mm-hmm. go once mm-hmm. to check it out because there's going to be something that right. you take back that's positive. Sure. Yeah. And for an older person, right, who maybe, you know, isn't an artist or whatever, but just likes to do weird shit that it's what they call now a bucket list item. It's yep. like, okay, yeah, you should check it out once. Yeah. You know, are you going to want to go back every year? Probably not. Yeah. Maybe you will. I don't know. Some, you know, everyone's different. Yeah. You know, my daughter's birthday will always be smack dab in the middle of Burning Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm never going to choose a party yeah. over my daughter's birthday. Until she's 18 and you take her with you. By the way, here's the truth. I will be happy to take Eden to Burning Man as soon as, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> You know, logistically, I want her, yeah, you know, I want, yeah. I don't want her to be uncomfortable right. or whatever. And I don't have to deal with her being uncomfortable in that situation because yeah. it's, you know, it is extreme, but, but she would love it. Yeah. The kids would like, it really is built for kids. Right. Yeah. Like they should have a kid's day only, which I guess, you know, parents bring their kids. It is kid's day all the time, but like it, it would be fun to just sort of flip it. You yeah. know, like one week is for the adults and you can, you know, go naked and whatever and do whatever it is you're going to do. But then like the flip next week is just for the kids, <laughs> you know, because the kids absolutely will love it. Yeah. You know? So. Well, I think, anyway. you know, we're talking about the art of it again, I think it's about the experience, right? Because yeah. Because I saw they try to do some exhibition like recently with all this, you know, burning man art and stuff yes but, uh at the smithsonian i believe yeah but it, it you know it's it's out of context it's right? out of context that's right so it, it doesn't mean anything it doesn't i don't know it's weird well well let me speak to that because yeah. you're 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 100 correct the context the uh the environment right is epic yeah it is it is otherworldly you do feel like i could be anywhere like a star wars like i feel like i'm in a, a scene in the original star wars movie you know right. Or something, you know, yeah. and uh, and that definitely informs the artwork, the costumes, the you know, because like there's a whole Mad Max thing, obviously. Yeah, it's a whole steampunk thing, obviously. But then there's everything in between, you know, mm-hmm. the level, you know, because it's kind of like a blank canvas. Anything goes. But having the scale of the earth, because, I mean, you know, you have the sky as your ceiling. Right. You have this massive flat desert floor as your base, mm-hmm. you know, you have the mountains surrounding you as your, you know, frame or your parameter, you know, your, your, your perimeter, your yeah. perimeter. And it's expansive. Yeah. It's expansive. It expands, you know, being in, in nature like that for an extended period of time opens big, wide open spaces, causes your mind and your consciousness to expand. Right. All right. And that informs everyone's approach to being there, I think, you know, and certainly when it comes to the art, the scale of the art is quite epic. I mean, hell, every year for the last several years, there's been this artist who has been building piece by piece a 747 art car. 
Now it's classified as an art car. There's this whole category of art there called art cars. Mm -hmm. And you have to be permitted and have permission. You have to get, you know, selected. Right. And you go there. The Mayan warrior is a very famous art car out of Mexico City, apparently funded by a a drug uh, kingpin cartel out of uh, Mexico. (laughs) And the fucking Mayan warrior dude is amazing it's fucking amazing by any (laughs) measure yeah it is amazing and that's what's wild too like at night you'll drive you'll ride your bike and you'll go to the mayan warrior and there's like the craziest party going on if it were a nightclub it would be the hippest coolest craziest nightclub right wherever you're at right you're there dancing or doing whatever you're doing for a while you get on your bike and you ride somewhere else and so you see a some light here's some you go over there and there's another massive party right. going on world-class nightclub crazy thing and then you do that again and again and, again. and then oh what's this go over here oh my god it's a 747 <laughs> parked in the middle of the desert with a dance floor on the wings and a dance floor on the top right and 25 rows of speakers underneath the fuselage you know <laughs> and some artist for whatever reason just yeah. thought it'd be cool to build a fucking plane you know, and he's each year it gets bigger and bigger, right. you know, so you can't help but be entertained by the audacity right. of it all, yeah. you know, and, you know, you know, if <laughs> taking the drugs out of it, taking all that stuff, yeah. like it really is what some might say, good, clean fun. Like the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, somebody wants to build a fucking airplane out in the middle of nowhere so people can dance on it. Right. Like that's kind of ridiculous in in right. the best way you know it's like but then <laughs> i think i sent you this article like a week after it was over or whatever mm-hmm. or right like that plane was still oh in, it's still in, said it, oh yeah because no, this was being long gone like yeah it, so it's like a big issue now it's yeah. like yeah the guy's littering the fucking desert now because yeah, yeah, yeah. well because the permit the blm permit yeah. the bureau of land management issues right. the permit and it is very strict. Like they have to leave no trace. Yeah. And that fucking plane is a trace. <laughs> oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oops. 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 Yeah. And I don't know what what the status is now. But there's know. a whole economy. The other thing that's interesting in Reno, which is the last city, a lot right. of people just fly into Reno and you drive in from there a couple of hours. But Re- there's a whole economy that has emerged in Reno just for burning men yeah. and so like the guy that so in our camp the two 40-foot containers that got yeah. delivered okay the guy that owns the company that delivered the containers yeah his whole company is specifically dedicated to the storage and transportation of burning man materials burning man exhibits so on and so forth so there that that plane, I don't yeah. know if that plane's going to end up there. Right. But so in this guy's hugely successful, you know, yeah. businessman because he saw this opportunity because, yeah, the things can only be there for basically that time. Once Burning Man is done, it's got to get out of there. Right. And, you know, some people show up, you know, a week or two or, well, actually, the, the crew that makes Black Rock City, you know, the organization, the people that are on the crew there. I mean, apparently they're at the desert basically for months, you know, managing that. So the crew out there is, you know, apparently out there for months, you know, preparing Mm -hmm. the layout of the city. Right. And many of those art exhibits are started, you know, days and weeks before the festival. Sure. But I mean, several of the things aren't even finished (laughs) until, you know, 
Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. You know, the the while the man was done, mm-hmm. when I showed up, basically Friday night, and by that I mean he was illuminated. He was built and he was illuminated, but the base that he was that he was on, yeah, was not finished. The the famous temple that they build every year, this artist builds every year, it was not done until like Tuesday or something. So anyway, <laughs> it's an exciting, kind of a cool, bizarre, weird, wild, amazing event. Yeah. You know, if we'll move on to other subjects, you are, you are, <laughs> you are so not into this subject. So well, here's, here's the question yeah, I have now yeah, for you. Yeah, sure. So are you a burner? My burnouts, I know that. <laughs> you know, well, so what is a burner, right? A burner is somebody that I guess goes to Burning Man, has gone to Burning Man, or goes to Burning Man. I guess I'm asking, like, here's what I'll yeah, tell you. Okay, okay. So people that have not gone to Burning Man are called virgins. Okay, okay. yeah. I was a virgin going in. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you get to the gate, okay, and they check because some people wait. I mean, you wait hours to get in this fucking thing. Now we got in there Friday morning early. And uh, so we only had to wait a couple hours to get in because we were there early to set up, yeah. you know, uh, but you get to the gate, they, ch- you know, they come on, you know, they want to know if any virgins are on board. Right. Okay. So you, oh, you're virgin. Uh, come with us. Right. Yeah. So if you, you're not, you know, made to do this, but they ask you, okay, if you're a virgin, you yeah. don't want to be a virgin anymore. You got to make dust angels, right? You got to lay down in the dust and you make a fucking angel, right? Okay. Okay. And you ring a bell. Like you fucking ring a bell, do the angel, and then you're officially it, right? And only virgins have to do the angel. So it's an initiation, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I got off. I did my angel. I rang the bell and I'm like suddenly not a virgin anymore. I'm like, you know, so, but then of course people, right, you know, as you're there, you know, as you meet people, they'll say, oh, you know, have you been here? How many burns? How many burns is this for you? you Okay. Oh, this is my eighth. Or this is, oh, well, I'm a virgin. Oh my God, you're a virgin. Now, just because I'm not a virgin, does that make me a burner? I don't, it's it's an interesting debate. I feel like you have to go more than once to be a burner. Like you have to be an active participant to be a burner, you know? Yeah. I guess the philosophy, are you down with the philosophy of it? You know? Look, if the philosophy is about the 10 sort of attributes, okay. And I won't have all of them, but like there are 10 attributes that make up burning man. I guess what I'm saying is like, just would you go back? Would you do it again? Would you, you know, try to get people to go? I think if you're not a burner, it would mean like, I wouldn't do it again, or I didn't like my experience, or I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Right. Well, then I must be a burner. Yeah. Because I would recommend it to a lot of people. Yeah. I am trying to get my wife to go. Oh, really? And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because, well, A, I hate having such cool experiences and not being able to not share, to share them. it. Right. Okay. Of course. Uh, that's the base, basic level. Yeah. But I also know my wife. And the thing that stops my wife from wanting to go see this yeah. is bullshit like the dust or the dirt. Right. Angels. And, then, and that's so. Right. <laughs> angels. Don't tell her about that. <laughs> uh, but that's so. Not the fucking point. Like if we were on this bike ride that first night, I remember when we, we, we took off on our bikes and we came out of the, out of the city, if you will, 
and you sort of drop in at the playa, so to speak, and yeah. it's pitch dark, save for the lights on the bikes, you know, and you turn drop in and it very much has this feeling of entering a video game, like a Tron, like you're dropping into the play board on Tron, you know, and you're pedaling and it's dark, it's midnight, it's cool, you you know, it's, you know, it's beautiful. You see all this art and lights in the distance. You yeah. you ride up to a to an art car with a party. You go over here. There's some other crazy explosion. You go over there. There's some seven cars stacked on top of each other, and people are climbing them. You know, and you just realize that like this is just fun. You know, what I mean, <laughs> it's just good fun. And like, of course, my <laughs> wife would like this. You know what I mean? If she could get here, if you could get past the rite of passage and the dirt and right. everything, right? Right. So that's the thing. And so, so yeah, so I would absolutely want to recommend it. I would absolutely want to bring certain people. Sure. Like I wouldn't like, like if I didn't think my wife would actually at the end of the day, enjoy herself, right. I wouldn't want to bring it. Right. You know, I have buddies that I would absolutely not bring to this right. fucking thing. Cause they would be, they would be miserable and they would make me miserable. Right. right exactly. You know, because it gets back to the people, right. I mean, like who, who are you hanging with? And I'm looking in this brochure here because uh, you get these, there are like these 10 guiding principles of Burning Man. Yeah. And I can't remember them off the top of my head, all of them. I was thought it might be in this book here, but they are things like inclusion, mm -hmm. gifting, sustainability. I, I'm, like I said, I'm forgetting them. Yeah. Right. Very kind of utopian, yeah. as you would say, hippie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But incredibly positive and aspirational. Sure. You know what I mean? If we lived in a world where more people were gifting, helping others, giving back, leaving no trace, mm -hmm. you know, it'd be a better world. Right. Right. So there are many things that, that about Burning Man that I think are very positive and, and life affirming and, and good to be inspired by. Sure. But I'm also not buying into the bullshit about this being some utopian kind of experience because yeah. there's nothing. Here's the thing. If you don't have water yeah. and you have to bring in your water, yeah. that's dystopian. <laughs> it's not utopian. <laughs> if, yeah. you know, if there's no food to be had, <laughs> if there's no water to be, be had, yeah. it's not utopian. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just don't tell. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, you got to get past some of the like the goofy, you know, hype stuff. Yeah. But I do want to say this and I'll say this and we can wrap up. But like I met some amazing people. I mm -hmm. really did. Yeah. And primarily in, in our camp, you know, in Paul's camp, Camp Corny. And anybody that's listening to this can check it out at campcorny.com. The people and because, you know, we're with this group all the time setting up the camp, especially the core team that went in to set up the camp. Right. We're just great people. You know, a lot of them, I was like the old guy, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of them, most of them were in their late twenties and early thirties, but warm, friendly, funny, smart, creative, hardworking mm -hmm. people that I was, you know, grateful to meet and hang out with and develop friendships with. Thinking of my friend Mole, and that's his playa name, Mole, and I won't give you his real name, playa but playa name. <laughs> smart motherfucker this builds this guy engineers computer chips for like you know this fancy company out of portland oregon okay yeah. and he and his wife they were the, they've been to like 10 burns or something oh, you wow. know like this is their thing and we just had a ball we just had so much fun they were just great people and we're yeah. you know we'll obviously you know 
I think still stay in touch and so on and so forth. He's probably going to listen to this podcast because he wanted to, he said he, he wanted to hear what I was going to have to say after the, after the, the burn. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the net net is right. It always boils down to the people. Yeah. You walk away, hopefully having had, you know, very positive interactions. And when it does get tough, it's that camaraderie sure. that gets you through. And and actually the, the, the rite of passage of any struggle, right, brings people together right. and bonds you in a way because you can later look back, assuming you live through it. Exactly. You get, you get back in, you laugh. You go, oh, boy, well, that was tough, but we did it. Exactly. You, know, you, you, laugh, you laugh about it, you know. But, well, with that, we can sign off. Well, one, one last question. Sure. What was your playa name? I didn't have one. No? No, no playa name. No playa name. So what did people- I didn't even, I because here's the thing, I didn't go with sourdough. That's what I was going to ask you. You didn't go no, with sourdough. No, I didn't go with sourdough. Oh. You know why? Why? Because sourdough's my name here. It's not my name on the playa. <laughs> no one asked? There's, well, <laughs> you know, what it is, there's a whole like culture around a playa name, right? And the okay. ethos of it. And it's like people who try to contrive it or make something up. It's almost like one of those things that somebody has to give you. Oh. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if somebody says, oh, you're yeah, man so, one. Yeah you know or man whatever Whatever. it's like that's your name like somebody gives it to you it's discovered gotcha versus and i heard horror stories of like people like trying to show up like oh i'm so and so i'm diamond oh like no no you're not diamond you're fucking rube you know (laughs) so yeah is and while i think you know we talked about that a lot and laughed about that a lot and it was you know most of the people i was with you know had playa names i never got one and that's fine. You know what I mean? Like it just, it is what it is, you know, but I wasn't going to put sourdough out there because that's my, you know, yeah. first of all, sourdough is precious to me. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Okay. Yeah. I, you know how hard I worked to fucking get that name. Yeah. I know. And then to actually get to a point in my life where I actually felt comfortable fucking coming out with it yeah. and like, you know, saying, okay, yeah, call me sourdough. <laughs> like I, I, that, that's not a playa thing. It's not a playa thing. Yeah. That's a, a civilization thing. Right. You know, right. Which is ironic because, of course, I earned it in the middle of fucking nowhere. So, there you whatever. Go. All right. Listen, enough of this for our listeners. I want to, of course, remind everybody to give us some social media love at Not Real Artificial on Instagram. Yep. Uh, of course, they can always call us and leave us uh, damning messages on our toll free hotline at 833 Not Real. Before you get that number out. Yeah. I think I'm going to start using this phone number, by the way. Okay. Just like publicly, maybe when I, when I do certain things, I'm going to post this phone number as my number. Okay. Yeah. So just give it out. Okay. Yeah. Give, right. I'm just going to give it out. 833-NOT-REAL-833-668-7325. There you go. That'll be the new, the new hotline. Tell us, tell us what you, tell us what you're thinking. What's on your mind. All right, man, one. Cool. Peace. Later.